Whoa! Hey! This week on Two Dynamite Dudes, Marcus and I discuss the debut of Malachi Black, a.k.a. Tommy End, as he black-masked not only the Enforcer, but Cody Rhodes. What's next for him? Plus, we talk Andrade El Idilio's in-ring debut against Matt something Seidel. Plus, not only that, but we talk the Young Bucks battling Eddie Kingston and Penta in the main event with Street Fight Rules going down, in addition to MJF facing off against Chris Jericho and that fat bastard fan. Plus, that and so, so much more in an early special edition, one-year birthday to the date of 2 to who Oh, it is two dynamite dudes with attitude. baby's asleep so we're gonna do the mvr version of this um dominic what's going on man what and that what a what a damn episode geez louise and uh, you know what it's a, a happy birthday to us right one year dominic one year to the day to Since the, day. the most important day of your life it's a happy birthday <laughs> to us Holy. right uh-oh one year uh, dominic this bullshit again I fixed it. <laughs> you are the fucking worst. Uh, but I'll tell you what was not the worst, Dominic. This program of Dynamite. We're going to do like a pretty abbreviated version of the uh, program here tonight. Unfortunately, we're doing this on a weeknight because Dominic's got to run to Philadelphia to go see MLW. And, Battle Riot uh, 3. Battle Riot 3, baby. Uh, who you got for Battle Riot, Dom? Cool. Going with my boy Hammer. Hammerstone. You know, it's the only way you can get the title right now. Got to be uh, Hammer. It's got to be our boy Hammer, so he's who I'm going. But I interviewed uh, Davey Richards today, who was making his return to the ring at MLW Battle Riot to face TGP. He's also in the Battle Riot. My goodness. Uh, Nesha, hey, what's up? Thanks for joining us. Benjamin, uh, thank you for joining us. Black is in AEW, Dominic. Uh, Dude, let's just jump right in it. so Alistair Black is in AEW, Dom. Uh, we had a little blackout during the opening match, and you told me it was an electrical issue. I think it was intentional. Oh, I think dude. they I think they cut the damn lights, Dom. <laughs> <laughs> you lied to me. Yeah, I am insulted. <laughs> You're my brother. I'm so <laughs> I was I trusted you. Um but no, so I dude, I thought it was awesome. I do think that David, what's up, man? I do think that uh the blue meanie made a really good point on Twitter. I'm sure you probably saw it where he was like, would have been way better if like he announced himself that his name is now Malachi Black instead of Excalibur being like, Oh my god, this guy came out of nowhere, but he's calling himself Malachi Black. Just so you know, it's not Tommy anymore. <laughs> he's not Tommy and not Alistair Black. He's now Malachi Black. <laughs> Dude, I popped for it so bad, though. It was like, you know, I mean, I'm a big Alistair Black guy. and I've mentioned that several times on here. And I thought he was like the number one get for AEW. And sure enough, they got him. And a little bit early, too, obviously, huh? If ever there's been somebody who kind of like scratches that same itch as a character like The Undertaker, maybe Kane, like I think this guy can do it, man. 
Yeah, well, he doesn't even need like mystical power stuff. Either. No, no, but just like the same like kind of menacing, scary dude vibe. I think I think he fits the bill. Dominic, I think Nesh is bringing up a really good point here, and something that's it's kind of been lost in all this is it has not been ninety days since he's been released by WWE. Do you know what's going on? I don't. Absolutely, I do because I am a journalist. Okay, Ugh. I am aware of all this, Ugh. the ongoings of what happened. So, according to PW Insider. And I believe uh, Dave Meltzer also corroborated on this was that uh, WWE made a guffaw, if you will. They happened to gaff a gaff. Is that it? I think it is. Whatever. <laughs> who who writes words? Says all that stuff. You're Listen. supposed to. <laughs> Listen. So they made a gaff and happened to uh, uh, so. Alistair Black was still uh, under his NXT contract. And back then, when they got signed NXT, they didn't have a 90-day clause. They had a 30-day clause. Oh, boy. WWE did not make those amends. So (laughs) it so happened that you you might have remembered seeing maybe like last week or something, uh, rumors that like WWE wanted Alistair Black back and all that kind of thing. that's probably why, because they realize uh-huh. oh, they realize that they fucked up. They fucked up, and so <laughs> sure enough, here he is. So who, who lost their job on the WWE end of things here? Boy, I don't know. There's a you know who's going to. I mean, that's the thing is like with WWE, it's just you know everybody, everybody you know is says certain things about like. AEW making mess ups or whatever, or any promotion making mess ups. But look at how many times WWE, a big corporate corporate business, you know, uh, that has all these layers and everything like that, they mess up a lot. And even today, there was an interview with uh, Buddy Murphy with Fightful, Sean Ross Sapp. Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful, where Buddy Murphy revealed that uh, they thought it was him that only had the 30 day non compete clause. And oh, wow. he was like, no, I have a 90-day no-compete, non-compete. So uh, all this I- is this is going to be one of those things that, like, you know, 15, maybe 20 years from now, we're going to be hearing an insider's perspective on, uh, on like, a Conrad Thompson podcast where it's just like, you know, somebody dropped a major ball here. AEW picked it up and ran with it. And, man, it honestly could not have gone any better. Yeah. No, it really couldn't, man. Like... The, I, I, nobody, I don't think, expected that to happen at Road Rager. <laughs> no, I no, absolutely not. I mean, yeah. they could talk about coming out of left field. Nesh is saying it here. You know, is they got us good, and they did. I mean, I was I was blown away. So uh, I wasn't watching live. Uh, Dominic was texting me. He was like, holy shit, dude, are you watching? I'm like, no, do not tell me anything. I'm staying off Twitter. <laughs> and uh, lo and behold, you know, it was, it was just like this major shock, incredible moment. Uh, Dominic, we've got a pretty abbreviated podcast here. So let's start talking about some of the other moments too. Uh, what do you think of that strap match to start the show? That was a good opener. Yeah. Um, I was kind of surprised, uh, you know, I, that we were kind of thinking like QT was maybe going to win. Right. Cause it just, you know, and I thought like, so too. Cause Cody just away, had a baby. And yeah. Had a baby. So it was like, uh, but yeah, I thought it was a good opener to to kind of fire off a live new show at you know on like Dynamite back on the road and everything like that. So uh, why not like start it off like that, kick it off like that? So um, 
you know, it's a, you know, strap matches have been, I've seen a couple of them past over the past few months. And, um, you know, so it's like kind of used to them at this point, I guess, but, uh, it was still a good way to kick it off. I thought it's like classic and, you know, paying homage to, uh, his dad and all that kind of thing. And, um, just, yeah, just a good, good opener. I thought, what did we I thought it was cool. You know, I like that AEW does this kind of southern wrestling stuff every once in a while, like this like southeastern shit that like classic Dusty Rhodes territory kind of gimmicks. Uh, just because it's cool, because you know we constantly in AEW see like this new style of wrestling, right? Where it's where it's like all this high flying, crazy maneuvers, like spectacle stuff. But like it's cool when sometimes they can ingratiate the two, right? So where we've got like old school Southern wrestling, Jerry Jarrett shit going on, yeah. And then, and then you know we've also got Cody doing a crazy, you know, springboard Cody cutter. Yeah, yeah. It was a that was a great move too. It was pulled off very. Uh, they worked very well together. QT. Absolutely, dude. Nesha was calling it. She said she expected Cody the whole time. I really thought QT was going to go over here. I was like, okay, he needs to get a win to establish himself. Cody just had a baby. It just makes sense. So I, you know, if I'd have laid money down, I'd have lost it. Uh-huh. Oh, Nesha, she knows about Southern wrestling, Dominic. She's in Mississippi. That's right. Wrestling with an R down there. Wrestling. Wrestling. Uh, Benjamin is saying now NXT will probably fix their contracts in 90 days, uh, but very interesting. You I think, think they the- already did. I think uh, that was a, like Alistair Black was still under the old, his original NXT contract, and they never made that amendment. So um, I think that's long fixed at this point. So like somebody, if say, not that it's happening, obviously, but if Adam Cole was to be re- uh, released, you know, he'd have to wait 90 days. So um, it was just a, it was a mess up. crazy crazy man fine mess up because i mean uh it was a pleasant surprise so a a mess up that worked really well but something else worked really well dominic holy shit the ovation for hangman page when he came out yeah my goodness it was insane uh like that's that's the first time in a long time i've heard a pop like that like this it's reminded me of like mid 98 Goldberg pops where it's like, it feels like the fucking roof is going to come off the place. So, I mean, I don't know, you know, I was a little skeptical of the idea just because I think Kenny Omega is really hitting his stride. Uh, dude, by the way, the fact that he still has the Harley race facial hair is like, <laughs> dude, that's him. Like it's perfect. It's like, it matches his sleazeball character so well. Um, I was like, I love that. He's I still wonder if he's going to keep it though. I wonder if he's going to keep it because the Bucks yeah, didn't. The Bucks didn't. They got rid of. They removed it. And I just saw that on Twitter. So uh, well, I I loved the the he still had that. But man, I, like I said, I was skeptical because I'm like, man, he's really hitting his stride. You know, that him being Omega, really hitting his stride. I mean, we're we're seeing the best of Omega. We need to let him have a little for longer run with the strap. But I mean, like at this point, man, you can't justify not putting the belt on Hangman Adam Page, right? Right now, I don't think so. I think uh, you build it right, and you you continue it up, and he's still getting that kind of reaction. I think you got to put the belt on him, and you can always put the belt back on Kenny too. And like like we were saying, where they you create this uh, longstanding grudge rivalry between the two, and you've already have a foundation for that because of how it all started in AEW, and uh, you know that kind of thing. So. I, I'm not a big fan of like flip flopping titles between two competitors, but like I feel like if you do it properly, but with those two where they just keep swapping it, um, and then you know finally it's like okay we need we need a blow off gimmick match. I, I can see that working. Yeah, I do too. I can too. I can too. This is something where you can do that. Like it's um, 
you know, obviously like it didn't happen with a, like a Bruno and Billy Graham or, you know, certain things like that or like, you know, but it kind of has that vibe almost in a way. Right. Absolutely. Uh, Dom or Kevin Davis. Thank you for joining us, man. We're doing yeah. well. I hope you're doing okay. Uh, Jonathan, he's the devil in your six Dominic. Let's touch on, uh, let's touch on uh, Tommy and just a little bit more. Herman actually kind of took the words right out of my mouth. Dom, <laughs> Uh, to quote Meatloaf, as <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tommy and fan can't wait to see, uh, can't wait to see what he does. So that that kind of begs the question, Dominic. You know, obviously he's going into a program with Cody Rhodes here. What is Alistair Black's future in AEW, in your opinion? Oh, it's Brat, baby. It's Brat, and uh, it's gonna be good because, um, you know, obviously Cody's a great feud to start him off with because, you know, that's. The, one of the top dogs, if not arguably the top dog, you, you, minus Kenny, you know? So it's just like you put him against Cody, you're, you're establishing him as where you're positioning him in the company. So um, to start him off with that is already a, the good way to do it because you look at how many times, like, you know, other stars have been brought in, and this is across the board with wrestling, and it's kind of like it's been understated specifically to, like, WWE in a lot of ways. And then, like, even AEW with how they did Miro even and stuff like that. This is a good way to pack a punch right away and, um, you know, make it clear as to where Malachi Black stands in the hierarchy of AEW and where you plan to put him. So uh, I think, obviously, Cody's a good start. Um, I'd very much like your idea still of the Butcher and Blade and Bunny, like, maybe aligning with him and – being in that kind of crew because i think that would be pretty damn cool now people will be like oh too many factions too many factions well don't worry about that at the moment you know like i'm i flip-flop now you know the more i've been thinking about it uh is you know what about i mean well first of all i I think we could find a home for abaddon alongside uh malachi black as well possibly but here's the other thing to consider dom is like the undertaker if we want to position uh him as like an undertaker type character i'm not talking about mystical as you and i said he's not like he's not like supposed to be a corpse that's reanimated no i think that would be an issue too of putting abaddon with him too is a little bit well so that that brings me to my point which is the undertaker did much much better when he was kind of like this lone wolf character like yes he was in the ministry of darkness and he had success there he's been in a couple factions he like tag team with his brother but when and he was just like this single entity, this like unstoppable force. Uh, that's when he got over. So I think you can make the argument that the, the same path might be the right way for Malachi. Yeah, I mean, you could definitely make that argument. You really could. Um, I just think, uh, you know, the looks of the Blade and Butcher and Bunny can kind of coincide with him. And like, you know, um, you can definitely get something out of that. But I think you can definitely get something out of uh them being on their respective owns too like so it's just like there's yeah i think uh either way you really can't go wrong now um who just said something about him being in the dark order um somebody in the chat herman 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 did so like now if it was the dark order from the days of your (laughs) uh maybe i would say but and like, yeah, it does seem like that would be the a good fit as the new leader. Like, it brings some intensity and stuff. But here's a couple things: is Dark Order are baby faces, and I think, um, you know, that and they got a pretty good reaction too from that live crowd, Evil Uno, and all that stuff. So it's like, it makes sense to have them, you know, have this friendship with with Adam Hangman Page. 
and then um, kind of go from there. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily pair him with Dark Order. I think that would, I like, wash, like it would muddy the waters, I think, a little bit for not only Malachi, but Dark Order as well. So I think, um, you know, if they're going to get a new leader, I think it's got to be somebody that's kind of on the good side <laughs> of things and to kind of feed off of, of what they're portraying at the moment and maybe maybe make them a little have that comedic aspect to them, but not as comedic. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. And you know, hangman page is kind of the uh, de facto leader as of right now. So, you know, it's, I, I don't know necessarily that they need one. I don't know. The more I think about it, the more I think that Malachi black is a single entity is kind of the ways to get the way to go here. Um, so actually speaking, let's, let's circle back again, Dominic. Um, you know, it's, I, I think that's an interesting point was made here. Um, Benjamin is saying, I'm thinking impact needs their belt back. Um, and Nesha thinks that, uh, Sammy is going to be the one to take it off of Kenny. But what about this first storyline? You know, maybe hangman page goes over against Kenny Omega, but Kenny Omega is still like, Hey, look, like you got that championship, but look at all these other ones I have. Like I represent this, this better organization now, which yeah. by the way, Don Callis has an association with, with impact. So it would make sense kind of for him to be like, yeah, keep that belt. This is the real belt. And then we get this like two guys, different fact different organizations uh feuding to maybe unify a belt which would be wild that'd be pretty crazy um yeah i mean it, tonight obviously impact was on i covered it and um the big story throughout the whole night was like the contract signing at the end of the night between sammy callahan and kenny omega kenny omega got arrested <laughs> uh don Callis acted like he was assaulted by sammy and put on this like fake footage of him getting attacked and all that stuff. So that was the ongoing story. And then ultimately the contract was signed for Slammiversary. Uh, Sammy Callahan became a free man because of the false footage and then uh, put Kenny through the table at the end of the night. So um, that was how the show ended. So, uh, but yeah, I don't think Sammy's the best fit to be impacts champion moving forward. I don't think he, if you're going to put somebody over on Kenny I wouldn't pick him I talked about that last week I just don't think him and Moose are the guys to do it should be the guys to do it in my personal opinion but uh I think they should build new star to take it from Kenny when yeah. is Slammiversary uh not this Saturday it's July 17th so Saturday next Saturday Okay. So, you know, the fact that here's the, here's the thing that always seems to happen in pro wrestling. And that's, uh, you know, the guy who's going to go over in the match ordinarily gets his ass beat in the lead up to the match. So the fact that Sammy Callahan is putting Kenny Omega through a table here, I don't know. I, I suspect that Kenny Omega is going to retain this belt, especially if inevitably he is going to have to drop that belt to hangman page, which is seeming like it has to happen at this point. Yeah. And you know, I don't, I mean, like obviously impacts their own promotion and stuff like that. But like if Kenny were to lose before he lost the world, the AEW world title, wouldn't that kind of, I don't know, downplay him losing the AEW title a little bit in a way. Like it's good, impact but, but, but I think it, I think it like kind of depends on the angle you take, you know, it's like you do the old, uh, actually we saw some NWO talk here. Um, you do the old Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, like, hey, just go out and tell them that you won even though you lost, you know? And so, like, if it's, it's some classic heel stuff. 
because you know you know the fans at home are like uh no you lost you know like so it kind of gets you a little low-key heat so i don't know i i think that it really depends on the approach uh nesha is saying dominic there's not too many other options other than sammy callahan who else would you put the strap on i mean that's the issue i think right now is um there are uh future champions that you could put them up, put it on, but I just don't think they've been built up enough at the moment. So guys like, like I've mentioned before, like Joe Doring, um, Jake, something, uh, Chris Bay. Um, who is the other one? That's a big name. Uh, did I say W Morrissey? I think he would be very good. You said that on the last one. Yeah. I said that on the last one. So like guys like that would be very good to do. You just need a new guy at the top. Um, like, um, even like Brian Myers is great, but I mean, he's kind of, he's just in this like mid card kind of storyline at the moment, but I right. think they're, they're not doing enough with him. I, yeah. I think that he has all the capability to be a really strong champion, but I, I don't think that he's been uh, put there, yet. Put there um, yet. And that's the issue. I think, you know, they're not there yet and they need to work at getting there, but I would not, I would not, if you're putting your, chips behind somebody i wouldn't be putting it behind sammy callahan to do it because he's already had that opportunity and it's just it wasn't it didn't pop anything it really didn't and to put to have to have him be the one to be kenny just doesn't make sense to me uh we got a couple to talk about here dom uh benjamin was asking how long has braun been gone from wwe not just saying not long enough i believe that his contract expires and uh like Buddy Murphy, I, I think they're up at the same time, which would be some, right. somewhere around uh, September. Yeah, maybe early September, right? Because right, uh, early, early or mid, I can't remember which. Um, all right, let's see, Dominic. What's this business about Tessa Blanchard? Uh, we've had uh, Jonathan bring it up. Yeah, well, Tessa, you know, has not been signed by anybody, um, and you know, the, the her last big stint was with Impact as as their world champion, one to beat. Sammy Callahan for the title, I think. Did did she? I know that she left under auspicious uh, circumstances. She, yeah. Did she ever drop the belt to anybody? No, they uh, the belt got sent back to them. <laughs> I mean, that's and, kind of interesting. Um, yeah. you know, obviously, if any of what is being said about her is true, as far as like her uh, stance uh, regarding race, uh, if any of that's true, then she has no place in the wrestling business, in my opinion. Um, that being said, if if it's not true. Um, then I, I can't think of anybody you could bring into an, orga- an organization who would be a bigger coup, right? I mean, this is somebody who still has a legitimate claim to the World Heavyweight Championship uh, that Kenny Omega is holding. Yeah, it's true. Um, now, people might be referring her for um, the mystery opponent for Deanna Perrazzo because, uh, uh-oh, hold on a second. My dog is caught on my cord. Oh, for crying out loud. Come on, Richard. What's going on? Uh, hey, James. In the meantime, thank you so much for plugging us. Uh, appreciate that. Uh, you can follow the yeah. podcast at Two Down and My Dudes. Follow WrestleZone.com at WrestleZone.com. Follow me, Marcus D'Angelo, Marcus P. D'Angelo, and Dominic at Dominic D'Angelo. Also, we do another podcast. As James is pointing out, it's WCW rewritten. Dominic, you didn't make the announcement today. You piece of shit. I did, <laughs> but hey, we're gonna uh, rewritten's coming back. So I'm in Philly for the weekend, uh, and so. Marcus and I will be doing a live version of Rewritten on Monday this week. That's right. One day late, so we apologize for the lateness, but is what it is, man. Dominic's uh, going out there beating the streets, trying to to establish himself as the greatest wrestling journalist on the face of the planet. (laughs) Oh, man. 
Jeez, that's, uh, that's quite the hype there. <laughs> uh, let's keep looking here. Nesha, she took pictures uh, of her daughter with the wolf pack hat and wolf earlier. I remember when those wolves came out, I was like, man, I want one. I was like 11 or 12. I was like, ooh, I want one. A stuffed wolf? Yeah, I'd take oh. it. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Well, uh, well, let's hammer on, Dominic. Um, yeah. So... I think uh, the other thing that we want to talk about here, uh, we don't have a ton of time left because we're trying to get this thing wrapped up relatively soon. But the other, I mean, big thing that we want to talk about, main event, Dominic, we had the Young Bucks taking on uh, Eddie Kingston and Pentel Zero Miedo. And uh, it was quite a spectacle. What did you think of it, Dom? I liked it, man. It was wild. And it was like what people kind of made us think about last week is like, oh, what a wild, like, uh, you know, schmozzy finish basically or something but i mean it's a street fight it's uh you know the bucks dressed as the way they were um in the i i said that they look like uh they were just peeled out of an lfo video from the late 90s <laughs> like you know with the jorts that are skinny jorts and uh still you know the the bandanas all tied around them and stuff and just like looking like a bunch of guys that should not really be in a street fight. <laughs> yeah, my, my uh, wife happened to be watching that part of the show, and she was like, those shorts are so tight on them. She was <laughs> like, I can't believe they can move. I know, right? I know, it's gross. Uh, um, it was great, though. I liked it. It was, it was. And I mean, like, these guys are getting pretty good at getting heat, I must say. Um, here's Here's part of my issue with it. I mean, great athleticism and ring work displayed by everybody, but it was just like it was such chaos the whole time. And then like you got Brandon Cutler completely overselling with like his stupid cold spray stuff. You're right. Which is just, it'd become absurd. And then also it's like, you can kind of fucking set your watch, right? You're like, okay, right about now the good brothers should be coming out. And then, like, they come out, you know? So it's like, we just keep seeing the same kind of thing uh, every time. And I'm not trying to say it was a bad match. I'm saying it was a pretty huge schmoz. And uh, that kind of stuff, like in small doses, fine. But if this is the sort of thing that's going to be happening every week, it, like once a week, which seems like is a thing, uh, not great. Yeah, I don't think it'll happen next week if I were to make a guess. But uh, I think uh, I think you get away get away with it for a couple times. Like you know, last week with it was MJF and Sammy, and uh, a lot of schmas there. And like I can get an argument against that. But, like, it does make sense from a storytelling perspective of what they did. Uh, but, yeah, I think uh, last week we really wanted to see a straight-up finish. The street fight kind of makes a little bit more sense because of, you know, the circumstances and all that kind of thing. But, um, yeah. Well, and that's just saying she's glad they weren't pimps this week at least, which is nice. Yeah. But instead they did their best Joe Dirt impression. Uh, Dominic, <laughs> I can see in. down your shirt. <laughs> Dominic, uh, dang! <laughs> you uh, saw my girlfriend. You'd shit yourself. <laughs> uh, Herman is saying Young Bucks giving every uh, tag team Triple H treatment, which is a funny comment. Uh, <laughs> do you do you feel that they're bearing the other tag? No, team? I don't think so. Uh, you know, I think uh, you know Eddie got the clear cut visual pin and submission at two points in time. Uh, Penta always looks like a legit badass, and they so- did put him over last week. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I uh, I I would not say that. I would think I do think they are your best tag team, so you have to treat them like your best tag team. Like, you know, so uh I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um and, and we got to uh, get it so it means more, you know, whenever they do finally drop the belt. Yeah, you know? yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Dominic, how about Strowman versus Brian Cage? I assume he's, there's like ten cages out there. Uh, I'm gonna assume it's it's Brian. Brian. Cage. Should we book it, Dom? <laughs> I don't. I don't even know you like. You should really book Braun in this in AEW whatsoever. I think you we know? can do better. I, I don't know that. I don't know that AEW that necessarily needs Braun Strowman. Um, yeah, he presents the same issue that Paul White presented when he was an, an in-ring performer. It's like, okay, you can do all the giant guy, big guy, little guy stuff, big guy, big guy stuff. But like when you get down to kind of like brass tacks, it's like, okay, what, where do, where does this guy wind up? Where's this big bastard going? Like exactly. exactly. There's only so many storylines you can do with a guy like him. And heck, you already have some established big men too, like a Lance Archer and uh, Miro to an extent as a big man. And then um, who's the other big man we got, Marcus? There's another big man we got kicking around. I don't know. I will say though that that shit with like the MMA guy and you did not Marcus Come on. coming out. No, the guy cut a great promo. It just it all felt very Pete Rose to me. Yeah, how about it? <laughs> That's how the whole thing. How that was about the vibe it? of the whole thing. The guy <laughs> took a nice bump. He gave a good promo. Dude, that Dan Lambert's great. He's on MLW, like, and like he did he did commentary for like uh, Tom Waller's like Filthy Island and stuff like that. And like he's just so good. Like he's so good. He's like this hateable asshole guy, and he really played into that this week. Um, I popped pretty good when he went in there and just cut like just like okay, I don't give a shit. I'm supposed to be ringside, but I'm you know what? I'm getting the ring and I'm bitching about it. AEW. It's it was pretty damn funny. Yeah, I like it was it was fine, but I'm like okay, what purpose did it serve? Like what? Where are they? Is this guy gonna be a weekly character? Is this gonna be like a? Are we gonna get one of these MMA people in the in the ring against? Lance Archer. It's like, I don't know. So if there's a payoff, then fine. But I just get the feeling they're like, hey, this guy's in talent. Let's get him to cut a fucking promo. Well, I mean, I think you get the rub too with uh, Jorge Masvidal and uh, and uh, Amanda Nunez at ringside too. I think that was part of it. So um, uh, yeah, it's just like, it kind of made it just kind of, you know, being in Miami and giving it more of that big event feel to it, you know? So no, I was fine with it, man. I thought it was a good segment and um there was something I wanted to say in addition to that, I thought, but I can't remember. Dominic Nesha saying Braun could fight our friend Eddie. I don't want I don't want our good personal friend Eddie anywhere near Braun Strowman. No. Unless he's, <laughs> unless he's uh, getting putting his shoulders to the mat. That's it. That should be the well, only thing. But no, yeah. I you know, I think that if Braun were to come out <laughs> so no, we're we're doing the Eddie shout outs. Good <laughs> close personal friend, friend of the show, Dominic, friend of the podcast, friend Eddie of the Kingston. Podcast. Yeah. Uh, hey, if you guys didn't check out, <laughs> I feel like a, <laughs> a shameless shill right now. If you guys didn't check out that podcast, go give it a listen. Breaking news. A lot of people, I don't know if you guys saw my Twitter post, a lot of the <laughs> early, early buzz is that it is the greatest wrestling podcast ever recorded. Ever. <laughs> ever recorded. And there's a lot of wrestling podcasts out there. A lot of, lot of buzz, a lot of talking about it. Um, Dominic, do you have anything else you want to talk about before we do the old sign-off? I think we got uh, – might be a couple things, especially Marcus Britt Baker and the Saudi Arabia dig. I'll tell you what, though, she was really coming hard with that comment. My goodness, I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. Hey, man, you reap what you sow. You're going to sign a 10-year blood money deal? You better get ready to get called out on it. <laughs> uh, does this, in your opinion, does this affect uh, Adam Cole's situation in uh, WWE? Oh, no. I don't think so. I don't think it could be great for him. Well, know, Mark, I mean? look, listen, here's the thing. Triple H and HBK love Adam Cole. He's on NXT. 
Um, there's always been the argument that if he was to get called up to the main roster under Vince's auspice, then he would not be utilized right in the first place. So um, I don't think it's an issue. I really don't, you know, um, I now uh, I just thought it was a great thing to do. <laughs> I was really happy about it. Now so a lot of other people be like, Oh, that's low or, you know, come on again to that whole point of like, you know, what people were upset about, like Eddie at, you know, for like cutting the promo at the end of dynamite. Uh, which is why I think she made a comment in the first place. I think it was because Eddie did it and he, there was so much backlash. Uh, yeah. that she was like, uh, it's part of the wrestling business. I'm it's just part of the business. It. It's part yeah. of the business. And listen, you're going to open doors like that where you're going to make a deal with Saudi Arabia after they dismembered a journalist that worked for the Washington post. Um, listen that's just like, look not to mention the whole like you know we're trying to do the whole female empowerment thing in pro wrestling which is great my favorite pro wrestler right now is a female with thunder rosa my favorite pro wrestler on the face of the planet mm -hmm. um so but we're trying to do this female empowerment thing and the women are forced to wear like this crazy garb if they're going to compete <laughs> over there um it's it's not right it's sexist it's a clearly a huge cash grab um, so I 100% side with uh, Britt Baker. And look, this when they did when they did a that WWE Evolution, I wrote a column about it when that happened, and because WWE Evolution took place five days before they went over to Saudi Arabia, and it was just like, okay, how uh, hypocritical on the nose? Yeah, it's just like super on, on the nose. On. Yeah. And so yeah. I was a okay with what Britt did. I popped pretty big time for that. So, yeah, I know. I think it's awesome. I'm glad that she did it. Um, yeah. And like, like you said, Dominic, it kind of like raises the tide across the wrestling business to do that kind of thing. Cause next thing you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we started hearing like little digs and comments on Especially after something like that. <laughs> There's gotta be right. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but I'm a little worried for Adam Cole. Uh, I know that he's like kind of protected by triple H and, and Sean, but Thing is, you know, we we all remember what happened to Triple H after the curtain call. Uh, you know, the, they felt that his buddies were hurting the business, and they took it out on him. Uh, I could see uh, him doing Adam Cole being forced to do a, a job uh, to somebody embarrassing in the near future. Uh, if it is, they're they're cutting off their nose to spite their face. That's what's going to happen because Adam Cole is such a talent. He's so good on the mic. He's so good in the ring. He's got a great look. Um, so, I mean, the only thing that Vince is going to make us think about is his size and stuff, but like, um, so if they were to do damage to Adam Cole simply because of that, it just really, really shows how petty and, uh, um, counterproductive they are. So, right. Right. Um, another thing we should touch upon, uh, John Moxie returning next week to defend the United States IWGP title against Carl Anderson. Uh, pretty cool. Uh, Carl Anderson did a pretty nice rock solid promo to, to get it off. And, you know, you kind of want a little bit more build, I would think to it, you know, ultimately, you know, over time, like that's literally like the first time, you know, maybe ever. I mean, I don't think ever, I think we've heard him talk before on dynamite, but it just kind of feels that way. Then it's, the it's, it's a hot shot at angle. You know, I, I think that Eddie Kings or Eddie Kingston, our good friend. Um, <laughs> I, I think, I think that John Moxley made mention 
uh, probably to uh, Tony Khan that he's ready to go back to work. And Tony Khan's like, okay, I got to book him in an angle. Carl Anderson, I do. You mean like he's just like kind of making these choices. Um, but look, here's the other end of it. Here's the other thing to think about is maybe Moxley is not ready to come back yet, uh, but he needs to drop that belt um, to somebody who works out in Japan relatively often. Um, right. so, so maybe he's just going to make a quick little return to, to drop this belt, uh, do the right, do the favors. Um, as they say, I don't know. Um, so I, I could see this one going either way. Um, obviously if Mox loses, we probably won't see him for a little bit, but um, if he wins, maybe he's just like, Hey, I'm ready. Ready. You know, I got a grip on this parenting thing. Time to go back to work. Yep. <laughs> Time to go back to the old grind. I'll tell you what, my wife, my once if we were at this stage, they're they've what got like a month old, two month old, something like that. Yeah, how would you um, feel about you in a bit? Yeah, if I I just show up at the door of the nursery and I've got like a suitcase, I'm like, well, I'm gonna be gone for a couple weeks. She'd be like, I hate you. <laughs> Harry Cape and cats in the cradle start fucking playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was bummed out when I had to go back to work. <laughs> um, so I can't imagine if I was just like, you know, right, I see think you, see you in three weeks. I don't think Mox is going to be back on a regular basis at this point. You know, maybe he will be like, that's the thing is like, you know, if you're in that environment as wrestlers or personalities involved with wrestling, you kind of have a basis for how your schedule is going to go in the first place. And yeah, sure. You know, having a baby is a huge life changing thing, but you know, you still have the rhythm of life that you live. So um, you're, if you're in that the thick of balancing that act, you can maybe balance it even with the kid. It's just a big adjustment. So, well, look, you know, they, they have this kid while knowing that he is a big part of the wrestling business. You know, so it's like I'm sure this discussion happened beforehand. They're living well as a result of the, the wrestling business. So I'm sure I'm sure he's fine to just resume his life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh something else we should really mention is the face-off between MJF and Jericho. Yeah, uh, actually, James just said uh, he feels that Jericho is going to fulfill his AEW contract and go back to WWE and get the Hall of Fame ring. I don't know. He's kind of been burnt, trying to uh, trying like hell to burn bridges over there. But that being said, Vince McMahon forgives everything. I think that Chris Jericho is kind of trying to cement his legacy in AEW. I don't see him leaving, but I I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't place a bet one way or the other. Yeah, I would place a bet. I would say, hey, he's not leaving. <laughs> now, I've heard before. How long is his contract? Oh, it's probably, I think it's probably pretty soon up. But I think he's really tied his wagon to AEW. I don't think, I mean, to, for him to go back to WWE, uh, it just seems like, it does, like look at, look at what WWE has done with people that come back. From Kurt Angle to you know, you name your legacy star. Yeah, they they tend to bury them, especially once they go somewhere else and have a little success. Uh, and you know, Herman's saying Mox will return. Probably not, man. Um, I if you listen to the episode oh, yeah. of Talk Is Jericho that Mox was on, he had a lot of hatred toward WWE and the way that he was treated there. Yeah, um, and frustration. Just expressed a lot of frustration about it. You know, I mean, it sounded like a miserable. A place to work so I, I i think mox is happy where he is i suspect jericho's happy where he is i think he's getting compensated very very well so i don't see him uh, and look he um he agented he agented uh, i don't i can't even say that right but agented that, agented that match or that segment between um tully ftr 
not FTR. Well, yeah, FTR was in it, but uh, Conan and Tully and stuff like that. But like, he's get he's got that freedom to do that kind of stuff and put his fingerprints on things. Uh, not, plus, not to mention commentating. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. Plus the commentary stuff. Like, and look at how much he shines during that stuff and everything. So I honestly. You know, people have made bets. I think Mark Madden made a bet that he would go back to WWE to close out his career because, like, that's, like, the ultimate place to be. I don't – I could see him not doing that. I really could see him not doing it. I think, yeah, he'll get the, you know, his gold ring, his Hall of Fame ring. I think that will happen, but I, I well, wouldn't – You know, Mark Madden's podcast lasted about 45 minutes. I don't think he can trust anything he has to say. Um, <laughs> I don't. Dom, anyways, that segment between MJF and uh, Chris Jericho, yeah. uh, I thought it was a good build. Um, this is one of those ones, man, where it's like, again, could go one way or the other. It depends on your perspective. It's like, okay, MJF is kind of the rising star, certainly a world title holder within the next few years. Um, but he's kind of been getting the Jericho's goat this whole time. So does MJF go over? Does Jericho get his heat back, so to speak? Now, that being said, Jericho uh, did a lot of jobs for orange Cassidy not mm-hmm. that long ago. So he's, he clearly is not a mark for himself. He's willing to put people over and, and further the business. So I think Jericho is going to do the right thing here. I think ultimately MJF is going to go over. I, I think so too. And I think Jericho's uh, story of success against MJF will be played out in these uh, Herculean uh, efforts. He'll be doing moving forward. You're a big God of war fan, Marcus. Uh, I, I was a huge Greek mythology fan too, just like MJF. Um, so <laughs> I liked the, I liked him using that, and like this is almost like this whole kind of uh, that kind of vibe going on. It's pretty unique for wrestling, I would say. I think it would have been a little bit better if he didn't sit, tell us that that's what it was. If he just did gave him Her- Herculean tasks without making the reference. I say that because of like shows like Sons of Anarchy. It was it was a play on. Uh, hamlet by shakespeare but they it's not like the average just like he was like holding a skull at one point and talking to it you know what i mean like it, it wasn't quite on the nose it was just like very clearly a reference to that so i don't know i, I okay, think my pushback against that is that um wrestling how many, how many people know greek mythology yeah and wrestling is a different medium too so it's just like um to incorporate that into it makes it already unique you don't need you know you're not fucking it's not fucking breaking bad here where it's just like you have weeks on end to cultivate a story and a theme, you know, where with an hour and no live audience, there's a lot of different elements that come into play in wrestling in comparison to, you know, uh, a television series that's on network and has, and you have a point. It's kind of like wrestling sort of splits the difference between a TV show and a stage play basically. Um, so it's like, and on the stage, you want to make everything perfectly, completely obvious, giant movements, you know, huge facial expressions. Now it would be very different, Marcus, Mm -hmm. if they pulled something from wrestling's past and like hit you over the head with it instead of like, you know, what they do instead where like, you know, Tony Khan will pull something from wrestling's past, not blatantly say, Hey, this is where I got it from. Maybe he'll say it in a podcast or something, but he's not going to say that on the television product. So it's like, now that'd be a different story. But if you're pulling something in from like, you know, hey, <laughs> this is what Atticus Finch did in fucking To Kill a Mockingbird. Like, <laughs> you, um, I don't think that's a big deal. It's, it's just a kind of a cool, neat, uh, unexpected tie-in. So um, I'm okay with uh, Herculean just being there. 
I don't know. I think I think I would have liked it the other way, Dom. Make us figure it out. No, nah, you're um, an idiot, though. Hey, I think that you are a mark. Uh, Charles <laughs> Cox uh, saying the young bucks suck. Uh, Nesha loves the idea of somebody holding a skull, Dominic. So uh, suck hey, on hey, that. Hey, English, he uh, probably he kind of maybe did something. Like Seems that. like a thing that that uh, Malachi Black might do. You never know. Yeah, yeah. Throw skulls well, at you. That'll be that'll be jumping the shark. He should take a skull, throw it, and then give it the black mass. Or set it on fire and throw it at somebody. Like Shang Tsung. Yes. Um, We're going okay. to tweets. Real, real quick one. To, how about with this, too? Uh, the intergender tag match. Orange Cassidy tagging with Chris Statlander against the Bunny and the Blade. Yeah, Chris Statlander uh, stuck out like a sore thumb in that one for me, man. She was so good. Um, her 450 splash near the end. Her finisher. 450 looks- Area 451 splash. What yep. a great finishing name. And her finish, which looks absolutely devastating, um, she she was head and shoulders the best participant in that match. And again, somebody who just gets better and better every time she hits yeah, the, the she stage. Stole that match. She stole that match. Actually. Yep. Um, no, it was a, it was a good match, and it was cool that um, they like teased intergender wrestling at first, and it didn't happen. And right. then they, you got a brief little thing of that when she did the four fifty area four fifty one. I thought it was a cool way to do it, and um, just I think it was neat. In regards to building Orange and uh, Statlander's relationship a little bit. And, dude, how about that stalling suplex she did, too? Oh, my God. Awesome. Uh, JR said it, and I was thinking it. I was like, oh, man, like the British Bulldog. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, it was it was cool. It was a good match. One of the ones I've uh, enjoyed, Orange being involved in more than most others. For the most part, I kind of, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is about him. I just don't like him. I don't like the gimmick. I don't like his ring work for the most part. I, I'm just not a big fan of him. Yeah, Marcus, this, I, don't, this was a good I, one. I don't know what it is about you. I just don't like you. Oh, well, yeah, we're just trying to hurt feelings now, Dom. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you, let's let's go ahead and wrap this thing up, and uh, and I'll give my star rating, and uh, we can give our MVPs. Sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. What is your Marcus Smelter rating for the evening? Dom, with everything that happened here, some of the great matches, some of the great moments, um, it's hard not to give this one a, a, a great score. Uh, Dom, this week, solid 8.5. My goodness, that's a high, high Marcus Meltzer rating. And, and we didn't even talk about Andrade's debut in the ring. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm, we are remiss not to talk about Andrade. Looked like a million bucks out there. Matt Seidel was a perfect dance partner. Um, I, his entrance was just like eye-popping, him being Andrade. You know, he comes out with a black mask gimmick. Yeah. Um, including the pinstripe suit like Black Max used to wear. Uh, so, yeah. So it was just, it was just really cool, really eye catching. And then, like, you know, he gets in there and it's like, man, this guy is a star. Awesome ring work, cool finish. Matt Seidel was the perfect dance partner. partner. Dude, Matt Seidel has got it. I say it all the time, but I really mean it. I, I think that he's awesome, cool look, very smooth movements. Um, yeah, it's uh, we, you've got something there with both guys. Uh, the right guy went over, obviously. Andrade's got to get that win. Um, but man, Matt Seidel came out of that match, in my opinion, just still looking great. Future AEW Cruiserweight Champion Matt Seidel. Oh, please let him be the future AEW Cruiserweight Champion. Uh, she didn't like, and Nesha you know, did not did. like Andrade's uh ring gear. I'll tell you what, I I was hoping that his pants were going to be pulled away just like the top was, and he'd have like regular trunks under there. But I was like, oh, okay, he's going to wrestle. And like his his father in law Ric Flair near the end of WCW just come out with like his fucking like suit pants on and fight. <laughs> he was really phoning it in at that point. 
He was very uh it was very um Reggie Jackson, Bernie Williams, Yankees. Yes. Yeah, it was it was interesting. Um but no, I, I, I want him to wear regular ring gear as well. Yeah, I am more I'm with you too on that Nash. I don't maybe. think it, I didn't I didn't think his ring gear sucked. I, I do prefer wrestling ring gear. Hey, maybe the, the maybe the seamstress was like, "Look, I can't get you get all this done. You gotta just wear those pants this just week. Next week, next week they'll be tear away." Yeah, well, you'll be fine next week. We'll get you. Mm-hmm. We'll get you covered. Yeah, okay. yeah. Mark, who's your MVP? It's it's hard for me to not say Andrade just because I love him already. He came into this not knowing a ton about him, um, but you know, I'm I'm a big fan of his right now. But I, Dom, I have to go with Chris Statlander. She really stuck out. Well, yeah, she really did. She really mm-hmm. did. Um, you know, just for the whole circumstance of it all, I how could I not give it to Malachi Black? How could I not? You know, unexpected, 30 days, he's there. Boom. Kicks Cody, kicks Arn, the enforcer. What the heck? I got to give it to I got to give it to Malachi Black. All right, you're going Malachi Black. Uh, Nesha saying Malachi Black. Herman was not all that impressed by Andrade. I don't know, man. It's uh, I, I think more than like having like you know a five star uh, Dave Meltzer Tokyo Dome extravaganza. It was more like okay, this is this is the the debut of a new character, which is a very old school thing anymore because for the most part, people just show up. There's been a lot of build up to this, and then it was more of like his ring presence for me, where it's just like this guy comes out and he just like com- kind of commands your attention. Um, and so, I mean, I was, this was one of those matches where like this guy comes out and his get up and he like sheds it and it looks like a million bucks. And I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. I want to see where this thing goes. Yeah. You know know what? And this is, it's like, even if it wasn't like the, like a huge eye popping debut or anything like that, it's still something that they can fan the flame of, you know, I think they, they set it up. Okay. And like Andrade did look very, very good. Matt Seidel looked very, very good. You know, um, I, while I don't think it like necessarily stole the show or anything like that, I think it still laid a good groundwork for what they're going to do with Andrade moving forward and stuff like that. So they positioned him well, and I think that's what really matters. So, um, yeah, d- dude, it was a good show. I really, really liked it. I had a lot of fun watching it. Um, from Tony Schiavone's reaction to Britt Baker's Saudi dig to, you know, just uh, just some neat aspects to it overall. Eddie Kingston did great in the match and. You know, I they really put him over. You know, even in the loss. So, um, very, very happy, very happy with this uh, episode. Me too. Me too. And uh, you know, we saw it on Twitter. I, I believe that you liked it or shared it. But somebody said, uh, you know, if this gap between WWE and AEW continues to grow, um, as far as like the uh, the quality of, of show, they're closed. As far as the uh, quality of show that they're putting on, there's no way that AEW doesn't lap them. Yeah, uh, Todd Martin from uh, PW Torch said that. So, and he's very good. So, yeah, I agree with him. And yeah, yeah, it's like, uh, and you know, the ratings were a little bit down for AW this week. Uh, you know, after you know, for a big show being back on the road, it's, a weird, time of, it's a weird time of year too. Uh, so, I was just listening to eighty three weeks podcast, and Bischoff was saying like, look, every summer ratings just drop, and it just is what it is. You just hey, gotta get used to it. We just had uh, Independence Day. And all that kind of stuff. Yeah, a lot. A lot of people are out and about doing stuff. People would prefer to be out as late as they can instead of sitting down to watch a wrestling program. It'll be stuff. interesting to see. Like, I mean, obviously, uh, like I don't know the DVR numbers, but like that's been a big thing for Dynamite too. Is DVR numbers. So, um, I think I think Dynamite's going to be just fine. Oh yeah. Oh okay. It'll be okay. 
Um, gosh darn it. Yeah, man. It was a good show. Um, anything else you want to add? Before we no, I think, I think that that's going to do it. We appreciate you guys joining us. Uh, we'll see you Monday for WCW rewritten. Um, and yeah, I mean, let's just, let's, let's all just enjoy it. You know, this is a really fun time to be a wrestling fan. Uh, something that we haven't gotten, got to experience in like more than a decade for sure. So, uh, it's, it's a really cool feeling. And yeah, there's a lot of unpredictability going on just across the industry in general. Like, you know, uh, I'm headed to MLW this weekend here tomorrow. I'll be making the trip. Take some photos, dumb. Well, I'll try to take some photos. I don't want to, you know, take, uh, Photos that I'm not allowed to take photos of, you know. Well, no, of course. But um, what was I gonna say though? Oh, but like they've got a deal with Vice TV and things like that, and they're having like names like Davy Richards coming in and all that kind of thing. So, and then you have this kind of like the these barbs getting thrown back and forth. Well, from AEW side, getting thrown at WWE, and I think it's opening the doors for a lot of more cool, edgy stuff happening. So I, I hope they keep doing it. Yeah, I keep at it. I like it. I like it. I don't and look. It. You know, we see the dial move now that uh, somebody like Alistair Black just shows up on on AEW. I've said it before. I'll say it again. It's the formula, Dom. You know, it, it, periodically bringing in new talent, rotating talent, cutting talent that isn't really being utilized. Um, I, I think that that's the proper formula for professional wrestling. Oh yeah. Oh, hundred percent, man. So, um, I got to plug a couple things. Uh, I had a huge interview, uh, two weeks ago now, almost two weeks ago, none other than Henry Winkler. So the Fonz might know him as the Emmy award from the Emmy award winning, where he won the Emmy with uh, Barry on the HBO. Um, but dude, he was in a 1978 pro wrestling movie called the one and only and, uh, Holy smokes. It was awesome. I got to talk to him for 30 minutes about it. He, so one of the nicest people I've ever interviewed. And that says a lot because there's a lot of nice wrestlers out there. And he was super duper nice and generous with his time. Really fascinating conversation. I highly recommend checking out the movie itself to uh, RJ city introduced me to it. So again, it's called the one and only 1978. Yep. 1978. So please check that out. Um, also I interviewed Aria Davari, who was just released by Debbie uh, on June 25th and we at WrestleZone will happen to be his first interview. So uh, it was a very cool conversation. He gives details about being released while he was on vacation. And he talks about uh, his time in 205 Live and how him and Tony Nese were a consistent uh, part of the show. And then in addition to that, uh, he talks about having future uh, plans to tag further with Nice outside of WWE. So very cool. Uh, very talented guy. If you didn't get to check out his uh, Davari De Niro uh, vignette that he's he put on uh, social media, check that out because it's awesome. It's fucking cool. So uh, he talks about that too and how he pitched that to Vince McMahon. He like went to Vince and pitched it to him. So uh, he talks about that as well. So definitely give that a check out and look out this weekend right before Battle Riot Three hits the airwaves. We're gonna have our interview with Davey Richards. And he talks about returning to the ring too after a five-year hiatus or so and uh, gives a lot of details. He lives a fascinating life as well because he's not only a trained EMT, trained paramedic, he's a firefighter, and he also uh, is studying to become a doctor. So 
he had he kept busy on his time off, but he's back, baby. And uh, it's it's a very good interview too. We talk about that and heavy metal music and all that kind of stuff. So uh, check that out this Saturday coming. It should drop. So um, Marcus, did you say how they follow you on Twitter? Yeah, follow me at Marcus P D Angelo. Follow this podcast Two Dynamite Dudes at Two Dynamite Dudes. Uh, follow my slapdick brother over there, Dominic, at Dominic D'Angelo, and follow WrestleZone at WrestleZone.com. Go to WrestleZone.com for all of your wrestling news needs. And guys, uh, thank you all for joining us. We really do love uh, interacting with you guys every week. Sorry it's been a short one. Uh, Nesha, glad you love the show. Um, she wants to be honest sometime. That would be cool. We'd love to do something you're running like that. Or you'll, you'll get a call in. We'll have you in for a cup of coffee. Yeah, we should do like a call-in thing, Dom. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll see if we can figure that out. But yeah, I don't know. The one time Matt Hardy was on PW Torch and got a call about if he ever got his dick caught in a water bottle once. <laughs> so we don't want any of that happening. <laughs> I, I think that I think that we can trust trust our, uh, our followers here, Dominic. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> but I'll answer the question if somebody needs to know. I've I've never experienced that. I didn't um, ask it. I didn't. <laughs> but. But in any case, guys, we we do love interacting with you guys every every week. Uh, thanks for joining us. Sorry it had to be kind of a, an abbreviated episode this week, but Dominic's got to go out there and uh, and sow them sow them wrestling oats. I know. Back in my old stomping grounds of Philadelphia, baby, and then uh, uh, got to be up at five thirty to get ready and go take the train for a seven hour train trip. Are you are you being Jimmy Hart right now? Yeah. Oh, you know, baby, I'm gonna be there. <laughs> MLW Battle Ride Three. Woo! <laughs> All right. I think we're both getting punchy. Let's call it a we night. Jeez, I got um, a lot still to do. <laughs> yeah, guys, reach out to us on Twitter. Anytime you want to talk, we'll always respond to you. Send us messages. Uh, just tag us and stuff. We're always happy to interact with our uh, with our uh, little community here. Yeah, thanks, James. Thanks, Nesha. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Yeah, Benjamin, you know, Herman, we really appreciate you guys uh, taking the time to talk to us. So uh, we'll see you guys next week right here on Two Dynamite Dudes. Dudes. Down my dudes. With attitude. Later, guys. Yeah. Happy birthday, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday to 